listening to Killer Stargazing. This is the podcast where we pick a killer and read their birth chart to see if we can get a more in-depth look at what makes them tick. If you don't know what a birth chart is, it is a map of the positions of the planets when a person was born. Every week we also have our featured killer cocktail. This week we're having a ghost face martini. It is whipped vodka, white chocolate liqueur, and cream. And might I add, one of my personal favorites so far. It's so good. (laughs) As always, the recipe will be posted on our Instagram at KillerStargazing, so check it out. That being said, if you like true crime and astrology or you're just curious, grab a drink and let's get into it. So this week, I'm going to tell you the story of Danny Rowling. I knew of this one, but I was not super familiar with it. So please tell me about this evil-ass Gemini. Yes. This, well, this is a new new one for me. I have not heard of him. So I, and based on his chart, I really cannot wait to hear the story. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I am going to start um, with the elements and modes of his chart. So we have four elements, of course, earth, air, fire, and water. Earth stands for substance and practicality. Air corresponds to intellect. Fire represents action. And water is your emotions. Mm -hmm. So he only has one fire sign in his chart. So that makes about 10% of his chart. Uh, With this lack of fire, you really struggle to sustain your energy and enthusiasm for day-to-day life and can often just feel very um, detached and uninvolved. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, When you focus your attention on something specific, it can change you in like a really deep fundamental way and it can come with some pretty far-reaching consequences and so for that reason alone you need to be very selective on what you choose to focus on Uh, because overextension here is always a danger (laughs) judgment and common sense are really needed here to help curb compulsive behavior i don't think he had much of that (laughs) Um, He also only has one earth sign. So again, just 10% of his chart. Uh, Earth is the controlling element for how your energy works. And with the lack of, you struggle very hard to be practical and thorough in life, Mm. not grounded at all, just (laughs) very much in need of stability. Very much unlike us. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, exactly. (laughs) Okay, so air. He has 30% of his chart in the air element. And that would indicate you go back and forth between being very interested in people and ideas versus needing time by yourself. Okay. Uh, Periodic isolation and an involvement with routine. So you need both spontaneous activities as well as predictability in your life. How does that... You schedule in your spontaneity. (laughs) Sounds like there's some duality going on. Yes. (laughs) So that leaves the remaining half of his chart in water. So an (laughs) abundance of water here. Very emotional, obviously. Uh, You need something to do in life that gives full ventilation to your feelings. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you can very much lose yourself in your feelings and become very withdrawn. Mm. Uh, your emotionally potent approach to life like really polarizes people. So they'll either appreciate the trade or just really be disgusted by it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And you tend to separate people in your mind into those that belong and those that don't. Oh, Hmm. weird. (laughs) Um, And any habit, be it good or bad, just very difficult uh, for you to change. 
Okay. Um, moving on to the modes. The three modes in astrology, cardinal, fixed, and mutable, they all represent your basic responding mechanism, how you act out your urges in the world. Uh, the cardinal planets show direct expression and physical action, leadership and strength. The fixed mode planets show consistency, endurance, and stubbornness. And the mutable planets show thought, forethought, debate, and wisdom. Ooh. So we have an abundance of cardinal planets here. So very action-oriented. Okay. <laughs> Tendency towards haste and impulsiveness. Mm. Seeks action by forcing the issue. Just really has to bring things to a head. Mm. All right. Definitely forces <laughs> yes. things. Forceful. Okay. All right. So now let's get into his signs, starting with everybody's favorite sign, Gemini. <laughs> you two-faced bastards. <laughs> All right. Uh, you know what, though? I'm, I'm going to start, like, a little nicer than I did with last week's Gemini Rising. <laughs> so let's just say duality is definitely Gemini's most famous trait. Um, you usually want more than one of everything, and that can include jobs, hobbies, lovers, like, whatever. Basically a very restless nature, always on the go, always looking for new ideas and fresh experiences. Um, things can get very dull for you unless you have like a constant change of scenery. Yeah, no, it's funny because, you know, I always think about the people in my life Same, yeah. when, we're, mm -hmm. when we're talking about this and mm -hmm. Gemini is my best friend's brother. He's like, mm. a, he's like my brother basically. Okay. But he is Gemini and Gemini rising. Maybe he'll learn a little something about himself. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so definitely variety is 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 the game here. Yeah. Um, but they do tend to leave a trail of unfinished tasks uh, because you tend to take on too many things at once. Your energy is just very scattered, making it difficult to finish things. Mm -hmm. Very good communicators, though. Uh, Gemini is the sign of communication, and it's ruled by Mercury, the planet of communication. Uh, very curious and inquisitive nature, and also quite persuasive very clever with words, but because you're so quick to grasp an idea or size up a situation, you tend to just skim the surface, not really bothering to explore in, in any real depth. So okay. you basically know like a little bit about everything, but not a lot about anything. Yeah, you have enough <laughs> to carry on several interesting exactly. conversations, mm -hmm. but you're not like an expert on anything. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another Gemini weakness superficial as fuck okay <laughs> instead of looking at people's deeper qualities you you actually tend to judge them based on their reaction to you really like, yeah like oh like why aren't you mesmerized by me and like my superficial <laughs> charm so rude and even while you're projecting this like charming energetic exterior like inside you're totally wound up like a spring wow or when you're talking to someone, they'll be completely taken by your seemingly enthusiastic interest in what they're saying, while inwardly you are completely bored and uninterested. Oh my god. <laughs> so keep that in mind. <laughs> There's the two-faced. Uh-huh. Yeah, which brings me to the major Jekyll and Hyde vibes with Gemini. Yes. Okay, the good twin and the bad twin. Uh, bad Gemini has difficulty empathizing with other people or understanding the emotional consequences of their actions. They tend to act without any regard for others and feel no guilt or remorse. 
And it's this lack of empathy that leads to all of Gemini's darkest traits. Okay. Which I will list for you now. Let's get into that. <laughs> They're manipulators. Yeah. They lack empathy and are capable of mimicking emotions and manipulating others by appearing friendly, charming, and caring. That, mm-hmm. that uh, seems to match up pretty well with uh, Mr. Rowling. Okay. Mr. Piece of Shit. <laughs> Compulsive Liars. Uh, they will stretch the truth, exaggerate, talk trash, outright lie. <laughs> Even if everyone knows what they're saying is a lie, they will completely disregard the truth if the lie makes them look better or gets them what they want. Jeez. Mm. Backstabbers. <laughs> they will compliment you to your face and then turn around and talk shit behind your back. Okay, Regina George? This is the <laughs> ugliest effing skirt I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Rub them the wrong way, and you can be sure they will have some choice words to say about you when you're not around. Jeez. (laughs) Seriously, like, mean girl vibes. (laughs) Yes. Impulsive behavior. They can turn on a dime and impulsively say or do anything they feel is necessary in that moment, even if it's cruel, reckless, or just straight up immoral. Damn. Fucking mind games. (laughs) They will fuck with a lot of different people at the same time to create chaotic interpersonal interactions. Double talk, tell you one thing and someone else another, and just play one person against another. You just have fun toying with people to set up drama. Like a like a puppet master. Mm-hmm. You should be ashamed of yourselves. Like. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I want to talk about some interesting aspects we have here. Okay. Um, so the sun is in hard aspect to Uranus. So you have a strong will... Um, a very abrupt manner, and a highly original form of self-expression. You have a super critical nature that could end up separating you from others. And it also points to like a real need for freedom, independence, uniqueness, um, that possibly wreaked a little havoc in your life early on, when you was a, when you was a wee boy. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And speaking of the uh, the path of development here, it just it invokes a nervousness and erratic pattern of behavior. Okay, yeah, that is really difficult for others to follow. Yeah, yeah, I would say that. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. yep. <laughs> follow your own impulsive behavior and insights, so your emotional life is just sort of all over the place. Wow. So that's what I have for his son. Okay. And now, how about some of my favorite Gemini's <gasps> celebrities? <laughs> Johnny Depp. Oh. Like, that just makes perfect sense, though, for some reason, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, the duality. This, the yeah. characters he played, I just, I see it, yeah. yeah. Uh, Angelina Jolie, mm. Courtney Cox, Paul McCartney, JFK, and Marilyn Monroe. Oh. Mm-hmm. All right. Moving on to his moon, the emotional side. And a very emotional side it is for him because his moon is in Pisces. <laughs> I feel like... <laughs> Can we say that I feel like there's been quite a pattern with these killers having Ooh. Pisces moons? Yeah, this is definitely at least, the, what, the second one we've done already? Maybe third. Possibly a third. It's, it's, I mean, it's a pretty emotional placement. <laughs> Should I be scared, Bethany? <laughs> I mean, well, luckily I have, um, I have my son in a, in a very, a very, you know. Grounded. Orderly earth sign. Yes. So it really helps balance that. Okay. Sometimes. I'll just, you know, <laughs> sleep with one eye open over here. <laughs> So with a Pisces moon, there is a lot of detachment from reality. 
Like, your imagination can just run away with the whole personality. Detachment from reality, Mm -hmm. yes. (laughs) You absolutely need grounding of some kind, or it can just turn into a very negative form of escapism. And like I mentioned earlier, having one earth sign in his entire chart... That's what I was going to say. He's He's not not very grounded. grounded. (laughs) What is is his earth sign in? His... We'll get there. Okay. Okay. Um, so, uh, but yeah, so his chart being predominantly water and Pisces, of course, being the big one. Yeah. Just, just already prone to emotional instability there. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Not nice. Yeah. <laughs> so in personal relationships, like generally very open on a sexual level, uh, their fantasies can be far reaching, very intricate. Okay. Uh, most lunar Pisces are a little on the shy side, uh, but the ones that aren't too shy, they actually make pretty awesome like actors and actresses uh, because a lot of them, like they really long to express themselves through writing or music, whether it's listening to it or making it. Okay. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. That, that, um, <laughs> we will get to that later. Okay. There is an audio clip, so Ooh. we'll hear that. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Um, some, uh, some are doormats. Uh, most Pisces moon people instinctively know when they're due for like a much needed recharge. It's at these times they, um, can kind of retreat from the world and all of its harsh realities. <laughs> <laughs> so solitude is very important to them, but they also need people. So those, those retreats are usually pretty short lived. Okay. Uh, all right, so the moon is in hard aspect to his Mercury, and this would indicate a conflict between the head and the heart. Uh, your emotions tell you one thing, and your mind tells you something else. Mm-hmm. And the result is like a seesaw effect, so you can be really irrational one second, and then completely logical the next. Yeah, super irrational. Yeah, so how to balance that, the head and the heart, is definitely a constant struggle. Yeah. Moon is also in hard aspect to his Saturn, so you've definitely gone through some inner pain in your personal life. There just there looks to be a lot of low points. Yeah. Um, Self doubt, fear, just it makes for like a pretty worry filled life. It seems. Yeah. And even like responsibility, even just like your basic ass, like just day to day responsibility is pretty challenging. Yes. Pretty challenging. Oh, yes, that is <laughs> spot on. Okay. Um, okay, now for my little celebrity section, I'm going to list some people who have both Gemini Sun and Pisces Moon. Oh, fun! Yeah. So we have Michael Sarah. <laughs> why does that make so much sense? I don't know. Why is that so funny? <laughs> Kanye West. John C. Riley. Love, I love him. Love John C. Riley. Juliette Lewis. Oh, she's awesome. Mm-hmm. Keenan Ivory Waynes. Kendrick Lamar. And Blake Shelton. Nice. So, got a little... Musician, couple musicians in there. Yeah, yeah. The Michael Sarah. <laughs> Why is that so funny? Why is that funny? <laughs> um, so I do want to touch now on some interesting stuff I found in some of his other planets. Okay. Yes. And we'll start with his Venus. So Venus shows us just how we approach relationships as well as what gives us pleasure and just makes us happy in general. Yeah. His Venus is in Cancer, so mm. more water. And while in general, this placement would be described as very nurturing and affectionate, very sentimental, devoted, even a gentle lover, he has some hard aspects in here. <laughs> so that's where we're going. Yeah, okay. I was uh, going to say, mm, yeah. no. <laughs> so Venus opposition his Mars, very prone to emotional and possibly financial excess. 
your beliefs and values are at odds with your desires and it just takes a lot of energy to integrate the two. Okay. You become very interested in the physical side of romance, but mm. the object of your desire just always seems to be unattainable. Okay. And this creates a frustration for you that leads to periodic boiling over of emotions. You can love and hate someone at the exact same time. Yeah. Um, yes. And, and we'll get to that. That mm -hmm. doesn't have anything to do with a romantic relationship, but okay. loving and hating yeah, and having yeah. that type of relationship with someone is here. And okay. we'll get to that. All right. Well, now we're going to look at his Mars because this is where it gets real juicy. Okay. Oh. So Mars is your energy. It's your planet of action and desires. It rules our animal instincts for aggression, anger, survival, and our sexual desires. Mm. So while Venus can rule the romantic attraction, Mars is more associated with that like raw, lustful animal instinct. Physical. Okay. His Mars is in Capricorn. Oh His one Earth sign. So you would think that, you know, this would be the most grounded and orderly part about him. Yeah. No. <laughs> Yeah. Well, okay, so you do, you have <laughs> desires which are naturally aimed at worldly success or positions of authority. Uh, your method for getting what you want in life is to be persistent, patient, and to sustain your energy and interest in one direction long enough to achieve success. Mm. But... <laughs> but. <laughs> Mars is in hard aspect to his Jupiter. So you overstep your limits just time and time again. You have yeah. a tendency to try to multiply a winning situation rather than just accepting it as a win at face value. Okay. Like learn to be satisfied. You know, no win enough is enough. Yeah. Um, in relationships in general, like all relationships, you're often in a kind of like competition, even with those who are on your side. Yeah. So very much viewed as selfish and controlling. Selfish and controlling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You have a bluntness about you that really needs to be curbed. And even though people may like you, they definitely do not trust you. Yeah, no, I wouldn't trust him. He's a <laughs> fucking monster. Mars is also in hard aspect to his Pluto. So God of the underworld, Pluto represents the subconscious forces, kind of ruling all that's like below the surface. Uh -huh. uh, on the upside, Pluto is associated with like renewal and rebirth. It represents endings and new beginnings, spiritual growth, all that. But negative expression of Pluto is an obsessive desire for power and control and just general destructiveness. Mm. This opposition is a really powerful aspect in a natal chart, suggesting that in your lifetime, you very often see extremes of behavior and experiences or go through more crises than most. Okay, yeah. Uh, you may be no stranger to violence or abuse. Violence and abuse. Mm -hmm. Your desires are very deep, intense, and sometimes troubling. Yes, I would <laughs> say... Troubling is an understatement. <laughs> uh, at times, you seem to attract strong opposition, possibly because your own nature is pretty provocative. Uh, compulsive behaviors can consume you and lead you to risky situations and just difficult scenarios in general. Mm. There's a very strong desire to be in control. Yeah. You have a tendency to impose your will upon others, which can cause severe problems for you when they react in self-defense. So in 
wow, like imposing your will on others mm-hmm. and control. And I know that this is with a lot of killers. It's a lot of it has to do with control. Mm-hmm. But yeah, wow. Yeah. I don't want to give it away, but yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> you'll, you'll see what you'll know what I mean when yes. I tell the story. <laughs> Uh, you have this, like, hair-trigger temper that can resort to verbal or physical abuse when you're upset. Mm -hmm. You react to circumstances with your emotions rather than your intellect. And you have probably experienced many extremes in life. Yeah. You have lots of energy that erupts into violence every so often, possibly even leaving you confused or exhausted. Uh, you have a taste for secrecy and covert operations. Yeah, I would say yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and you're at war with yourself. Your conscience is at odds with your desires. You suffer from having abundant energy that bursts forth violently and then very little energy left for anything else. Yeah. You want people to see you as strong and in control. So violence, anger, disagreements, abnormal needs for secrecy. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah, well, secrecy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can be so single-minded and focused on something that you completely lose yourself in it, possibly to the point of obsession. Uh, there's definitely like an all-or-nothing quality to okay. your nature. An okay. ordinary life can just seem very drab and uninteresting to you. Yeah. You have to have something that stirs your imagination, some visual or ideal or something to motivate you. And you have a strong urge to act out your fantasies. So yes. this, this aspect gives you like a kind of Scorpio-like attitude towards potential lovers. Yeah. Uh, there's this distinct possessive and demanding streak in your sexual nature. Uh, your approach to love and sex can be pretty intense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he's a real piece of shit. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, sexual desire... Seems like it's a pretty strong one and may even, like, use sex as a bargaining chip in your relationships in order to get what you want. Uh, It's just a very focused and intense sexual nature. Yeah. Your aura is so strong, kind of mysterious to the point that people are intimidated by you and and may not even understand exactly why. Yeah. Because the vibes you get off. Yeah. The vibes are not right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And when you want something or someone, you are very determined. But so gross. <laughs> then when you are finished with something, you just kind of leave it behind and never go back. Ugh. In your love life, you do not take rejection well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you fear betrayal and abandonment, and this can skew your perception of love. You have a highly developed sex drive again, but but you have to rein in your aggressiveness in this area. Yeah. Um, so a very powerfully charged person, but this spontaneous combustion within you tends to throw off your balance. Self-control is really necessary here in order to correct this abundant energy that otherwise will just emerge as rage. It, it does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was actually able to find some famous people with their Mars in hard aspect to Pluto. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It's amazing what you can find. I know. So, we have Oprah Winfrey. Wow. Bruce Lee. Mel Gibson. Oh! <laughs> Patrick Swayze. Farrah Fawcett. And Kirstie Alley. Oh. So, like, at first I was a little surprised seeing Oprah on this list. Mm-hmm. But, then, but then also not really, because 
she's a powerful fucking person. She is powerful and intimidating. Yeah, and I think it's a perfect example of how self-control can, like, help you redirect this raw power inside you to just basically rule the fucking world. I mean, yeah. is there a more boss bitch than Oprah? No. Like, I don't think so. <laughs> but she's probably a freak, too. But... <laughs> So that is what I have for his chart. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was pretty spot on. I think, I don't know. You have to let me know what you think. Yeah. I can't wait to hear this. Yeah. So as always, this will contain graphic material. So you have been warned. And also I do want to mention, because I feel like we don't say it enough. Bethany and I laugh a lot (laughs) when it's super inappropriate and that's because we are uncomfortable we're really awkward awkward (laughs) and uncomfortable Mm -hmm. so we laugh a lot and it is not meant to be insensitive at all definitely not okay so that side (laughs) this is the story of danny rolling the gainesville ripper Mm. so his story is also the inspiration behind the movie scream hence Ghostface. Oh, the Ghostface Martini. Ghostface Martini. (laughs) So the writer, it's very loosely based. So Mm -hmm. the writer saw the story on the news and it really freaked him out. And that is what inspired him to write the screenplay for Mm. Scream. Okay. So it's not based on him. Like the killer is But it inspired it. It inspired Mm -hmm. him. Yes, exactly. So Danny Rowling was born Daniel Harold Rowling on May 26, 1954 in Shreveport, Louisiana. He was born to his 19-year-old mother, Claudia, and his police officer father, James Rowling, who was also a decorated Korean war vet. Hmm. Well, you know, we usually see in these stories either one or both of the parents are pieces of shit. (laughs) Yes. James was that. He would tell Danny that he was unwanted, like, from birth. Jesus. He abused Danny's mother and his brother, Kevin. And Claudia even went to the hospital one time after she said James forced her to cut herself with razor blades. What? Yeah. She would try and leave time and time again, but would eventually end up back with him. It's, you know, as... Many women do in these situations. Especially in those days. Exactly. It's Mm -hmm. just, it's terrible. Yeah. And his discipline strategies were pretty shitty, too. One time he pinned Danny to the ground, handcuffed him, and then had other officers take him away because he said he was embarrassed by him. For no reason? Um, Or just, I mean, discipline. That was one of, yeah, like, he did something wrong, and that was his, that was his way of discipline. Like, what the fuck? So... He was just around constant abuse, whether it was he was being abused himself or watching his mother or his brother. It was just it was constant abuse. Um, He was verbally abused. And then when he was bigger, that's when it turned physical. Mm -hmm, Fight back. (laughs) Yeah. Just not a not a fun house to be in. Yeah. And then your dad's a cop. Like, I wouldn't even think anyone could help me. Mm, no. Like, okay, what do I, like, literally, what do I do? It's the same same story with, like, women who are in abusive relationships with cops. Exactly. Like, what do you do? Exactly. You know? it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's fucked. Mm-hmm. So as he got older and into adulthood, he had a hard time trying to fit in with society, and he could not keep a steady job. Hmm. He joined the Air Force and was kicked out in 1972 for drug possession. Ooh. 
He then moved in with his grandfather, and then it, it did look like he found some type of stability. He got really into church, and he married a woman named Omather Halko. What? Omather Halko? Yeah. Sounds like a... Like a company name or something. I, I, I had to Google it to be sure. Like, Where do you work? Oh, Mother Halco? Yeah. <laughs> so they got married in 1974, and then they had a daughter together as well. But he ended up driving away his wife and daughter because he ended up abusing her the way that his father mm. abused his mother. And she didn't stick around? No. She was like, fuck that. Good for her. Yeah. After the divorce in 1977... He raped a woman who looked like his ex-wife and was then arrested in 1979 after several robberies that he committed in Georgia. He continued with the same types of behavior throughout the 80s, in and out of jail for armed robbery in Alabama and Mississippi, and between the jail time, he would just travel the country and rape more women. So a real gem. Yeah. Real gem <laughs> and I. <laughs> Like the Rape World Tour of 77. Huh? For fuck's sake. <laughs> he ended up back in Shreveport and was working as a waiter. So this wouldn't, wouldn't be found out until after he was arrested. But this was technically his first crime, so I'm going to say this one first. Mm -hmm. So he was fired from that job in November of 89, and then that same night, he broke into the home of Tom Grissom. He murdered the 55-year-old, also his 24-year-old daughter, Julie, and his 8-year-old grandson, Sean. Julie was found with bite marks on her at... And her body was arranged with her legs spread on the bed. You know, the ones that, like, do the arranging after, like, I just, that's another, just that aspect of why. Shock no. value. So this triple homicide would just go unsolved for years and years and years. Mm. Like I said, they didn't even find this out until after he was arrested. So May of 1990, Danny got into an argument with his father. The argument ended with him trying to kill his father. I mean, that's almost... I know. <laughs> like, justice. Yeah. So, Danny pulled out a gun and shot James in the stomach and the head. And his father survived. <sighs> but he, he lost the use of an eye and an ear. So, after this, Danny got the fuck out and fled to Kansas and then Florida, which is where he eventually arrived in Gainesville. So when he got to Gainesville in 1990, he set up a campsite in a wooded area behind the University of Florida. And at the start of the fall semester, he began the killings that would label him as the Gainesville Ripper. So I do want to just pause here for a second, show you what this piece of shit looks like. Oh, yes, let's see. So this is Danny Rowling. Hmm. Okay. Well, you know, he looks like that he knows he's a piece of shit. Like, just look at that face. Like, uh, he caught me. Yeah, exactly. Mm. This is his campsite that where he was hiding out mm. behind the in the woods. That was his hideout. That huh? was his little hideout, his mm. little secret place. Ooh. So then August 24th, 1990. Early morning, he breaks into the apartment that was shared by 17-year-old freshman Sonia Larson 
and Christina Powell. Sonny Larson was known as kind of like a shy and artsy type. And when friends and family were interviewed, they said that she was just not afraid to show her love for others. Just mm-hmm. a great person. Yeah. And Christina, or Christy as she was known, was always just a really positive person. Like no matter the circumstance. Mm-hmm. So he broke broke into their apartment and he found Christy asleep on the couch downstairs. He stood over her but didn't wake her. He continued upstairs to Sonia's bedroom where she was asleep. Rolling then taped her mouth shut to stifle her screams, and he stabbed her to death. She died while trying to fight him off. So he goes back downstairs, he tapes Christy's mouth shut, he bound her wrists behind her back, and he threatened her with a knife as he cut her clothes off. He raped her and then forced her face down on the floor and stabbed her five times in the back. He posed both bodies in, quote, sexually provocative positions, took a shower, and then left. The next day, August 25th, he broke into the apartment of 18-year-old Krista Hoyt. Krista also attended the university, and she hoped to become a crime scene investigator. So this motherfucker is sick. So Christy was actually a dispatcher for the county sheriff's office. Oh, wow. Yeah. And when she didn't show up to work, deputies were dispatched to her Mm -hmm. residence. And when she didn't answer, one of the deputies went out back where her room was and looked through the window. And what he saw was shocking. So Rowling had pried open the sliding glass door, but he realized that nobody was home. So instead of leaving, he waited in the living room for her to come home. At 11 a.m., she comes back, and Rowling surprised her from behind and placed her in a chokehold. He taped her mouth shut, bound her wrists together. He then led her into the bedroom, and like Christy, cut off her clothes. He raped her, forced her face down, and stabbed her in the back, rupturing her heart. He then decapitated her, and he posed the head on a shelf facing the corpse, to have like her like looking at herself, and mm, that getting really messed up. With it's these really fucked up. Uh, so that is what the officer oh. saw. So after these absolutely terrible and terrifying crimes, it was widespread news at this point. So students were taking extra precautions. They would change their daily routines, and they were told to sleep together in large groups. Some students even withdrew from school or just straight up transferred since it was so early in the semester. I would have been one of those people. Uh, Yeah, 100%. (laughs) I'm out. (laughs) See ya. (laughs) Who needs school? (laughs) School's for fools. (laughs) So then on Monday, August 27th, Rowling broke into another apartment by prying open the sliding glass door using the same tools he'd used before. And it was the apartment of 23-year-old Tracy Pauls and 23-year-old Manny Taboda. He found Manny first, who was a former high school football player. Manny actually put up a really good fight, but just was ev- he was eventually killed by Rowling. Hearing all the commotion going on, Tracy went down the hall into Manny's bedroom and she saw Rowling. So she ran and she tried to barricade herself in her room. I would 1000% do this. And just thinking about how like there wasn't really cell phones like there is now Mm -hmm. back then just terrifies me. Like it's easy to say like, why wouldn't you just like run out of the house? 
But when you're in that situation, you don't know you how don't, you would you're react. You're not rationally thinking. You're panicking. Exactly. And, and you don't know how you would react in those situations. Mm-hmm. And when I read that, I was just like, that's exactly what I would do. I would run into my room. I would yeah. run out of the house. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. It's just it's like your, your safe place. Yeah, exactly. It's like, um, you know, why do you hide under the covers when you're scared? Mm-hmm. Like, no one's going to see you. The monsters can't get you under there. Exactly. <laughs> so he did eventually break through the door, taped her mouth and wrists, cut off her clothing, and he raped her. He turned her over, and he stabbed her three times in the back. He also posed Tracy's body. Uh, He left Manny's in the same position that he died in. Mm. Uh, Manny was also the only um, man that he Mm. killed during these killings. Mm. So all of the victims besides Manny were petite white girls with brown hair and brown eyes. The police, at first, did not have very many leads at all, But they did come up with two suspects. So I'm going to show you. So first was a University of Florida student. His name was Edward Humphrey. He had a history with mental illness. He had numerous scars on his face from a car accident. And it just kind of really made him like the picture perfect suspect to just plaster over everything. Mm -hmm. I'll show you his picture. Oh my. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if he was the killer, awesome. However... He, they had no evidence that it was him. And they just plastered his picture all over the news. Because he... He was a suspect. Was already, yeah, okay. It just blows my mind. Like, that could ruin an yeah. innocent person's life. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, police cleared him after Rowling was arrested, but still... But once that's out there, there's no taking that back yeah. that you were ever even a... Who knows you know, how long it would have taken... To get... Yeah, to, for people to get that image out of their head and associate you with Yeah, that. I mean, I feel like you would at least have to move. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and so, definitely make sure you don't get in trouble anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I don't know who the other suspect was, but mm-hmm. obviously they were cleared as well. So... September 7th, 1990, Danny Rowling was arrested on a burglary charge after he crashed his getaway car. During the investigation, police realized that his tools matched the marks that were left at all of the Gainesville murder scenes. They also found his campsite that I showed you Mm -hmm. in the wooded area, and it was right by the apartment complexes. So in his campsite, they discovered audio diaries that he made that alluded to the crimes. And then in November 1991, he was charged with several counts of murder. He recorded audio of himself? Like audio diaries, like alluding to... Talking about... Like a journal, but on tape. I tried to find them. I couldn't. Mm, So I'm I'm sure they're somewhere. I just didn't find them. So... Bit after he was charged, there was a journalist by the name of Sandra London. She reached out to him. They began corresponding with each other, and feelings grew. Danny and Sandra became engaged. I know. Like, the fuck? I don't understand how these women see these disgusting pieces of shit that brutally murder and, and there's rape always, and, always, yeah. every single killer in jail has women, like, right, like, what is the deal? Yeah, and he looks like a fucking rat. Like, he's, he's disgusting. He's not even, yeah, I don't know. So, and they wrote a book together called The Making of a Serial Killer, which I just, I feel like I need to read it. <laughs> you probably should. I should. <laughs> so, 
At first, Rowling had actually pled not guilty. And then right before his trial in February of 1994, he changed his plea to guilty and nobody knows why. So now they just had to determine the sentence. Jurors listened to a testimony from his mother and she talked about how his dad abused him. And Rowling also told a psychiatrist about an alternate personality he had named Gemini. Shut up. <laughs> and Gemini is the one who drove him to kill. The Gemini man. Mm. He was actually diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder, borderline personality, and paraphilia, which, if you don't know, is an intense sexual arousal to atypical objects, situations, fantasies, behaviors, mm -hmm. or individuals. I did not know that, but I remember <laughs> that part in his chart. <laughs> yeah. So... Despite this, psychiatrists believed that Rowling understood the magnitude of his crimes. So the jury unanimously found Rowling guilty of first-degree murder on all five counts, and one month later, he was sentenced to death. Good. So, there's a bit of audio I would like to play. Oh, yay. So he's in, let's set the scene, he's mm -hmm. in the courtroom, mm -hmm. and he's asked if he has anything he'd like to say. Ooh. Well, he has something. He has some shit to say, To huh? say. All right. He is singing to his fiance, and he is just fucking gross. Mm -hmm. Like, she's just looking at him all smitten, like he didn't brutally murder and rape all these people. It's just fucking gross. Okay, let me play it. Okay. I have to give Mr. Rowling an opportunity to have a say. You have anything you want to say, Mr. Rowling? Well, sir. Sure. Well, I'm sorry. I just want to say that I was very pleased to singing in court. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> That's great. Besides the... Mr. Rowling. Mr. Rowling. <laughs> Mr. Rowling. Mr. Rowling. <laughs> if you look at the stenographer, it looks like she's, she's like... typing the... <laughs> like, like she's like playing the piano. <laughs> like, oh, da -da -da -da. <laughs> Keeping the beat. <laughs> yeah. And this Sandra oh. woman is just like holding her necklace Ew. and staring at him lovingly and he stands up and is singing to her and it's just like just fucking like fucking gross. Vomit inducing. Yeah. Just <laughs> You're not even that great. No. <laughs> so years later after all his appeals were exhausted, Danny Rowling was put to death by lethal injection on October 25th, 2006. And during his final moments, his last words, what did he say? Did he sing? Nothing. He sang. Shut up, he did. <laughs> he sang the hymn, None Greater Than Thee, O Lord, None Greater Than Thee. With nearly 50 people crammed into the witness room, and 
it. His wifey too. Uh, no, they ended up like not. It didn't work out. No, oh. just after mm. some. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, but then the during the singing, the microphone was cut off and he was put to death. <laughs> <laughs> like fucking enough. Fucking <laughs> inject this guy already. <laughs> Wow. So you had this, like, maybe little uh, secret desire to just um, maybe be a singer or yeah. have some artsy, artsy stuff, you know, going on for exactly. sure. So while I was in that whole deep dive about mm-hmm. their little thing, I learned a little fun fact about our girl, Sandra London. Ooh, Danny you know? Rowling may not have been the only killer she dated. She had a type. Shit, right. I think there was an article where she's like, like, can I say? Like, I don't know. This is her. Let me show you. Well, I mean, you saw her in the video. video. This is her holding, like, her book. So, when she was in high school, she was high school sweethearts with Gerard Schaefer, which I don't want to get too into because I definitely want to do an episode on him. Okay. It's, It's interesting. But he was a killer and a suspected serial killer. Hmm. He didn't kill anyone in high school, like, when they were dating or anything, but when he was arrested, she reached out to him to see if he wanted to help her write a book, call, and that was called Killer Fiction. And he was actually murdered in prison, and then not long after that is when she did the same thing to Danny Rowling. Hmm. So she was either super into these guys or just wanted or, a good story. Yeah, it sounds like she wanted, but how can you want a good story that bad? Like, be, I, because she knew they were, like, never getting out? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. So I, I did... do her birth chart. Ex- <laughs> I know. That's what I was thinking. I was like, uh-huh. shit. So and then I did want to, um, lastly, show you the pictures of the victims. So there is Manny... They do look similar. They do all look similar. It's Paula, Christie, Sonia. Yep. I'm so sad. Can I just uh, nod to this hairstyle, though? Because that's exactly how my eighth grade picture looks. Sonia, I know. I and she's so, so little. Like, yeah. it just breaks my mm. fucking heart. And that is the story of Danny Rowling, the Gainesville Ripper, and his terrible singing voice. <laughs> yes. And I am glad that he is dead. Yeah. And I wonder what killer she is uh, pining over right now. Oh, she's in her 70s. So, God, I hope she's done. I hope so. <laughs> so, I do want to say, though, we've been starting to get some really good emails and comments mm-hmm. from people on their true crime or paranormal crazy yes. stories. Yes, yes, yes. And we love it. Mm-hmm. So, please keep, keep them coming. Yes, keep <laughs> it coming. We're going to be doing another spooky session next week so we may read yours so go ahead and send them to killerstargazing at gmail.com or you can dm us on instagram Mm -hmm. so please also rate review and subscribe because it really helps us out check us out on instagram for pictures for the stories we do and our killer cocktail recipes yummy you can Mm -hmm. find me on there at mal underscore evelent underscore and where can they find you bethany Find me at Blame My Pisces Moon. And we do. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. Until next time.